two words, practicing today. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Kyler Murray was on the practice field for the first time in 10 months. We've got the details. Plus, Buda Baker was back practicing. All kinds of good news on a Wednesday. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 687, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. The tweet was sent at 9.54 a.m. It was two words from the accounts of Kyler Murray. Practicing today. A couple of seconds later, head coach Jonathan Gannon walked into the interview room and made it official. Murray and Buda Baker would be out on the practice field on Wednesday. So a good Wednesday here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We're talking practice, Craig? Yes, we're talking practice, Danny. Poor Buda Baker, just completely overshadowed by Kyler <laughs> yeah, Murray. How about that? Any other week that you lose the heart and soul of your team, let alone your own defense, and that's all anyone is going to be focused on, Buda Baker. Lo- much love to Buda Baker. But we'll get to Buda. But obviously everyone is focused on K-1. Designated to return from PUP. Baker, designated return from IR. Now everyone will speculate, which we will hear as well on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. It's one thing to practice. It's another thing to play in a game. This is speculation, but I would almost guarantee everything that I own, that Kyler Murray will not be activated and play Sunday in Seattle. I will back that bet up. So we'll just do everything Craig owns <laughs> if we're wrong. Um, it just realistically, Kyler Murray is going to need a few weeks of practice under his belt. It's one thing to take mental reps and watch this scheme throughout the offseason, throughout the first couple of weeks throughout the season when you're not the one out there practicing. So I would imagine probably similar to a Zach Ertz, maybe a few weeks um, before we see Kyler Murray, the Cardinals have three weeks for both Murray and Baker to activate them to the 53-man roster, which in turn is how they could become active on game days. Now, if the three weeks are up and they're not ready to play, they could be on the 53-man roster but be inactive. I just don't see that happening. I think if you're going to designate Kyler Murray to return off pup to where he can start practicing, you probably have a pretty good chance that Three weeks is probably enough for him to be game ready. Personally, I don't even know that it'll take three weeks. There's, a, I think there's a chance that Murray plays against the Baltimore Ravens the next home game. Wow, because let's remember, he has done nothing since I'm, December 12th as far as football activities. And there yes. is a big difference between being in shape, which Kyler is. He's in phenomenal shape. It's another thing to be in football shape. Yes, but when we're talking about Murray, similar to Buda Baker, I just think he is one of those freak athletes that is able to come back and play through things much differently, much better than a lot of other people are. And that's not to say that the you know everyone else is being dramatic about their injuries or their pain or anything. I just I I don't know. I again I could be wrong on that. I think I just I wouldn't be surprised if we are surprised and Kyler Murray ends up playing 
against the Ravens. All right, so that is two weeks. Missing Seattle, but playing the following week on October 29th. That is just six total practices. Because everyone focuses on the 21-day practice window. It really is just 21 days total. But you look at what the Cardinals do each week. Practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a walkthrough on Saturday. So in your scenario, Denny, that's just six practices and a couple of walkthroughs, and all of a sudden, Kyler Murray is back on the football field against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just saying there's a chance. It wouldn't oh, enti- I'm sure there's a it, chance. It I just... it, yeah, I, I do think there's a pretty good chance. I think that Murray is very smart, and I think that he has had a lot of time to look at the scheme and talk through plays that he likes and doesn't like with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. And the thing is, most of his weapons, Murray has some a lot, you know, history with, right? Like Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown, when James Conner comes back, even a little bit with Keontae Ingram. This isn't a situation the way Josh Dobbs came in and didn't have chemistry with any of the weapons. I think that'll come into his favor as well. There is no familiarity with his starting center, though, Yelda Froholt. And that, again, how much it is a wouldn't say it's a concern, but that is something that you have to work out as far as the snap and where you want that ball placed so the quarterback can easily either take that drop or backpedal and get the ball. Especially since we know that Kyler Murray is going to be under center more than he has in the past. So absolutely, that's going to play a role. And that's the other thing. Is six practices in your scenario, two weeks, enough time for Kyler Murray? Again, it's not the classroom. It's not the film room work. It's the on-field work in a brand new offense Kyler Murray has never been, will be asked to be under center, at least that's our expectation, this much. In fact, I went back, profootballreference.com. Murray under center a total of nine times last season. That covers 10 games plus that first quarter against the Patriots. 85 times in his career. Josh Dobbs already this season, Danny, he's been under center 113 times in just six games. Who's to say that they have to put Kyler Murray under center that many times right off the bat? Who's to say that's not something that could be eased into throughout the rest of the season? That's a fair point. Uh, Look, I've I've come on here. You've brought it up. I have manifested things before of players returning, whether that's questions being asked or what I've seen at practice. I'm just going to continue to stick with that. And I could be wrong, but I really do think that there is a very good chance we see Kyler Murray suit up for his season debut at State Farm Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens. That would be one of the better, maybe the best manifestations that you have or will ever have here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm actually, you say two weeks, I'm actually looking more at the Atlanta Falcons game on November 12th. So that would be missing three games, full three weeks, but you're looking at more practice time, a total of 12 practices. So two extra weeks of practice versus your scenario just because of the game speed. And even then, practice speed is less than game speed on a Sunday. So he hasn't had any football activities whatsoever outside of throwing the ball to his father or someone else. That's it. And today, during the limited amount that we got to see, he was taking snaps under center. It was with Tristan Colon, the backup center. And then we did see him taking shotgun snaps and throwing to wide receivers and tight ends who were not named Rondell Moore or Hollywood Brown. That, we can only assume, happened during the closed portion of practice. 
the physical side of Kyler Murray going through football drills and, you know, even after that first game, first time he gets hit, right? That That's going to take a little bit of time for him to kind of get used to. But it reminds me of what Garrett Williams was saying when he was designated to return two weeks ago in the locker room of when he, you know, coming off an ACL injury as well, that I don't have time to get in my head mentally about stepping back onto the field. Murray's not going to have time. He's going to have to get out there and, and kind of work through it pretty quickly so that he can be ready to go week after week. I still think, look, Kyler Murray's going to be 100% when he steps onto that field for whatever game he comes back. There's no question in my mind there. But when you're discussing, okay, well, scheme-wise, is he not going to be under center maybe as much as Petzing is having Dobbs right now, or you're talking about the chemistry of the plays being run, even if you're not doing that fully with Kyler Murray, that is still your best option at quarterback. That's not a knock on Josh Dobbs. I think some people forget how impressive Murray is, and not just with the legs that we all talk about, but the accuracy. Given, yes, last season it wasn't there the way it has been in the past. Kyler Murray gives you your best shot to win. So even if you're not ready to have the full offensive scheme at his disposal, that is still your best option to win, even if you have to make some adjustments that first week or two. I totally accept that, yet at the same time, it's not this season. It's not about this season. If you believe that Kyler Murray is your long-term solution at quarterback, then I would give him a little bit more time to understand this offense on the field, not in the head, not in the brain, not calculating it, but out on the field with the practice time because you do need to see Kyler Murray on the field this season. Now, how many games do you need to see him play? Four, eight, ten? You just need to see and figure out, okay, are we moving forward with him or do we have to pivot off of him? Right, and if that's what you're having to do, game reps are more valuable than practice reps. So that's why I think I'm, I guess I disagree with your standing there of you're going to get to the point in the season where players are going to be nursing injuries. You're going to have to start resting players and you're not able to get those full reps, obviously, in practice. He's not under pressure in practice. He's not, you know, it, it's very different. So I think that's where we differ, where I would rather him play and again, maybe ramp up the scheme for a week or two rather than just have him continue to do those reps in practice. I want him to be comfortable, and maybe that's not the entire playbook. To your point, okay, this is what we'll let you do this week and then add to it. Yet now are you sacrificing everyone else in that locker room because the other 52 players, they don't care about next year. They don't care about next week. They care about this particular week. They care about Sundays and making sure – that they have an opportunity to walk off that field with a win. And are to your point, yes, Kyler Murray is more talented, much higher ceiling than a Josh Dobbs. Yet, does Dobbs potentially give you a little bit more to win a game at less than, not 100% Kyler Murray, but if you don't have the entire playbook at your disposal because you're not giving Kyler everything right away? No, I don't think so. I think Kyler Murray can do enough things well enough to where you can go with at least the basics of this scheme and you can still find success with Kyler Murray. He's a quarterback who ran the ball, scattered around the field in Vegas for 20 seconds last year and ended up with a touchdown and two-point conversion. I mean, I, I really don't have concern about whether or not Kyler Murray can make things work in this scheme and, and figure out ways to get it done. You think Kyler runs as much as he did or needs to do within this offense? I mean... He prefers to be a pocket passer. We all prefer that just because you're able to stay healthier in the pocket as opposed to scrambling. 
that is the one thing that does set him apart is him making something happen when a play breaks down. We've seen that from Josh Dobbs a little bit more than I think many people expected. But that's the that's the big unknown in all of this. No matter how many practice reps he has, you're not going to know. He's not going to know, let alone us, how he's going to feel in that pocket when that pressure comes, that defensive tackle or that edge rusher comes and is staring him down in the face. What do you do in that moment? Because it was on a run to the outside when that knee buckled and cost him these 10 months. Here's the thing. The type of competitor and athlete that Murray is, I don't think he's going to let that stop him. Sure, it might be difficult the first couple of runs of, okay, look, I can trust my body again. I can do this again. He doesn't strike me as a type of player that's going to completely eliminate one of the best parts of his game because of an injury. And look, this is his first injury of his career. So we don't really know yet mentally how he's going to come back from that. I would expect to see a run game pretty similar from what we have seen from Dobbs, at least for the first few weeks for Murray, because most of those runs we've seen from Dobbs have been scrambles. Maybe a few, you know, draw plays, but it's really just been scrambling um, and extending the plays and having space to run. And that's kind of what I would expect to see from Kyler Murray in terms of how how much this offense going to ha- is have him run to start. The other wild card in all of this is the number of reps that you try to split between the two. Talking about Josh Dobbs and Kyler Murray because let's not forget, no you're not going to see Kyler this week. So Josh Dobbs needs to get those reps with a Michael Wilson, a Zach Ertz. So how do you balance that? That's something that Drew Petzing talked about on Tuesday, called it a unique task, but And then he added, we have a plan in place. We don't know what that plan is, but Petzing has been in this situation before. A year ago with the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson serving a six-game suspension, returned to practice before he was eligible to play, and they were still trying to figure out reps for him and also get then-starter Jacoby Brissett ready for that Sunday's game. It's not entirely the same for more than one reason, Yes, um, but... Look, Watson was practicing in the offseason. He had a so full training camp, yes. That, to me, I, un- I understand when that question came up or Petzing brought it up when he was asked by the media, but to me, that's not that's not the same. And Deshaun Watson is a very different quarterback than Kyler Murray. So it doesn't necessarily, and that's not to knock what Petzing said or if that's how he feels personally, Like that to me doesn't really have a lot of similarities um, in the situations just because there's so many differences there. Um, I think at some point you're just going to have to start having Kyler get the reps with the starters. You're going to have to start splitting that at practice. And I think maybe the first time we see that might not be the week Kyler plays. I think he might need a few practices in that scenario. And at the end of the day, Josh Dobbs has been practicing and has been playing with these starters. And while, yes, reps make you better, we know that he is keeping that spot warm until Murray returns. So it's going to be a priority for Murray to get those snaps with the starters when he is at that point. That's not what we saw during the open portion at practice Wednesday, Kyler's first practice back. You were talking about he was throwing to practice squad tight ends that that we were seeing. Who knows when media left? Maybe things were different. At some point, though, that's going to take priority of, of getting your franchise quarterback reps with his starters. I just I can't see it within these two weeks. I, I can't wrap my head around That's okay. You've Baltimore been hanging around on, with Darren for way too long. You're a little more pessimistic than me. I wouldn't say pessimistic. I think I'd be a little bit more realistic than... Ooh. So you're, uh, you're, you're optimistic. Yes. Darren's pessimistic. You're realistic. I'm realistic. Oh, what's Paul? Paul who? 
(laughs) (laughs) Paul's off in his own little world, right? I just, because in order to get ready for week one, I mean, it takes an entire offseason, I get that, but there are seven weeks of training camp preseason before week one. And now all of a sudden you're asking, forget who the player is, but a player who hasn't done anything since December to come in in two weeks' time, yeah, you're 100% physically, but it's another thing to be 100% physically, mentally on the football field when you haven't done anything, taken a snap, rolled left, rolled out, taken a shotgun snap, play action, which is what this offense is predicated upon. He hasn't done any of that ever in his career on a consistent basis. Right, but that's how he gets comfortable. Again, I'm not saying you put him out sooner than he might be ready, but that's how he's going to get comfortable, right? Even if Kyler had been ready to go week one, we still would have had expectations of a learning curve of getting used to those different parts of his game and understanding, okay, it might take a few weeks for him to feel comfortable doing these new things that this staff is asking of him. Why Why can we not have those same expectations now? I don't, I don't think anybody, at least I should be speaking for myself, I don't have the expectation that Kyler Murray is going to come out and be the type of quarterback in his first game that he would have been if he were healthy at this point six or seven games in. I, I just I think there's a, a legitimate learning curve and I think there has to be some grace there of, okay, maybe they're going to ramp him in with some of these new pieces from the scheme and then when they do that, give him a few chances to be comfortable in the new things you're asking of him. I do hope many of the fans have that grace because you brought it up a learning curve you guys have been begging for kyler murray to return <laughs> you better take what you get you better be friendly about it you better be excited about it you can be critical but you better be excited about it but give him enough time first impressions are important but don't make judgments after one game or two games or three games especially in your scenario denny if he's playing against the baltimore ravens a week from sunday there's a chance, Craig. I'm just saying there's a chance. Zero chance, though, for this Sunday. We're Zero. both in agreement on that. Zero. Okay. Now, he does have to show up on the injury report. I was talking with Darren, the pessimistic person amongst the four of us, including Paul Calvisi. Now, he has to show up on the injury report come Friday when you have to have a designation. Do the Cardinals list him as questionable? Yes, for gamesmanship purposes yes. for the Seattle Seahawks? Because now all of a sudden I do see a couple of tweets from Seattle media because now the Seahawks are going to get asked about this. And you would think that, you know, you'd say whatever you need to say and Pete Carroll, oh, yeah, you know, we're preparing. But realistically, I don't believe the Seahawks think they're going to see Kyler Murray. No, there's no way. It, you know what? It takes me back to week one. Do you think Washington realistically thought that there was a chance that Clayton Toon was starting <laughs> over Josh Dobbs despite the trade that Arizona had just made for that quarterback after the preseason was over? It's going to be the same thing with Murray. I would expect that he's just going to show up as questionable on the injury report, and we probably won't even get any sort of official word before he does start. It's just going to be when you see him run onto the field for warm-ups, taking snaps from starting center, yell to a Holt. Now, it would have been nice to have heard from Kyler on Wednesday. We did hear from him as he walked out onto the football field. Our social media team captured Murray walking out to the practice bubble, and he said this, quote, Everybody keeps telling me it's a big day. To me, it feels kind of normal. It's been a long journey. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. I understand that. 
look, it, it is a big day that he's out on the practice field. I don't want to minimize that. The big day is going to be when he plays. So I understand that. I understand of you maybe, you know, want to keep things focused on the team, right? He's, you know, again, it's a big deal. He's practicing. But I get that. The, the big day is going to be when he's out there starting on the field, possibly against the Ravens. Now, I will agree with you on this, that when Murray does play, more likely a home game. I just God, I really can't see Baltimore, but okay. Okay, we get it, Craig. We agree to disagree. Let's <laughs> yes, move on. But then the following week is at Cleveland. Now, in your scenario, he's already played against the Ravens, so that's no problem <laughs> playing against the Browns. But that defense on the road, potentially bad weather. That's why I kind of like November 12th inside State Farm Stadium against the Atlanta Falcons. That's 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 what I'm looking forward to. That That's my guess. We can have different we can we can vary on that. Absolutely. Yes, we can. I just think too, you, you want to get your quarterback back as soon as you can. I just I, I don't know that I see it going into Cleveland of uh, you know what, let let's wait one more week for a defense we think might not be as good. Like that's not doing anyone any favors. And I do not believe whether the Cardinals were six and zero or zero and six whatever this plan is that we keep hearing going back to the offseason, the plan was always going to be the plan and there was not going to be any deviation record-wise. Now, a setback here or there, sure, but nothing on the field without number one on it was going to deviate from the plan. At least that was my thinking. Oh, Still I, is. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I agree 100% on that. I, I think that this would have been the plan regardless of how the season was going to shake out up until this point. His health is the main priority. There's no question about that. And while every recovery and injury is different, I mean, look at Zach Ertz. Seems like the pretty similar timeline of what we are seeing from Kyler Murray, different from the rookie Garrett Williams, who tore his ACL last October, a year from when he started practicing with the Cardinals. But it just kind of seems like the right timing typically for Kyler Murray's to return now. All right, let's see if we can get on the same page when it comes to Buda Baker. Buda Baker, love. Now, I'm here for it. I fully expect number three to be on the field this Sunday. 100%. Okay, so we're in agreement with that. I can only imagine how difficult it has been for Buda Baker to not play five weeks. Just from what we've seen previous years of the shoulder, the ankle, everything he has played through to not be able to play through a hamstring. I'm not sure there's going to be anybody with more energy or excitement on the field Sunday. Plus, it's Seattle week. And it's the hometown team for someone who loves playing in that building, in that stadium. Now, he's missed five games, four of which on IR because of a hamstring injury. My guess is, based off the fact that he did go on IR, this was a severe injury, at least Buda Baker standards because remember not too long ago he was ruled out on a Monday because of a high ankle sprain showed up on practice on Thursday played a game on Sunday so <laughs> and had the game ceiling interception in that game yeah. in LA so again you don't put anything past number three but the fact that it's been five games and it's just seeing him around the locker room during the open portion to the media the last last week didn't see him earlier on Wednesday but last week Thursday, Friday, he would pop in. One, he's moving fine. He was moving fine during practice, during the open portion on Wednesday. But he had a little bit more of a pep in his step. He was smiling. He wasn't 
disappointed. It seemed like he knew it was close, meaning this week. And then, all right, all I need, guys, I had a full offseason. I had training camp. I had preseason. I only need three practices. Heck, he's played without any practice time. So I do think, again, not knowing anything, but just reasoning and reading the tea leaves a little bit. And again, the fact that it's the Seahawks on Sunday, I can't see him missing this game. It's going to be so great to see Baker back out there. Even if Jalen Thompson is not out there, he's nursing a hamstring injury. Thompson wasn't placed on IR. He's only missed one game. We didn't see him out there for the open portion of Wednesday's practice. If you can get both of them back, holy smokes. Even having Buda Baker alone doesn't just elevate the safeties. I'm talking about the whole secondary. It is no secret that the cornerbacks have been getting picked on. Marco Wilson, Keetrell Clark, Antonio Hamilton has been out there. Whoever it may be, they're getting picked on. And I had asked Nick Rollis earlier in the week what getting Buda Baker does for the rest of the defense. Not just the leadership and the energy and the effort that we know he brings, but his skill set. And Rollis had said pretty much, um, this weren't his words, but I took it as pretty much Buda Baker is like an eraser. Any sort of problems you have, Buda Baker is going to be there to help clean them up and fix them. And that's going to give support out wide to the cornerbacks who, frankly, really need that support right now. Rollis called him an eliminator. Because okay, that's, so I was pretty close. It's the same thing, but just as far as the word that Rollis used, but it's a perfect one because Buda Baker eliminates mistakes, eliminates takeaways as far as getting that football away from your opponent. And then to your point, Danny, now all of a sudden that back end, whether it's the corners or the safeties, you have maybe a little bit better, when I say better communication, I mean quicker communication to where you're not having maybe that deep shot to begin the second half that we've seen against the Bengals, against the Rams. Maybe that gets taken care of. Maybe it's still completed, but instead of a 60-plus yard play, it's now a 20-plus yard play because it's hard to stop everyone on offense. And then you're not having maybe as many missed tackles. Maybe those runs to the second and third level stay at the first level this time. And then just having him just kind of settles everything in front of him as your last line of defense. He's a game changer. How many times have we sat in this podcast studio and said, I wonder how different this game would have looked if you had Buda Baker back there. When you're seeing these receivers, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, go off on the Cardinals, you're thinking it's hypothetical, but we know it would look different if Baker were out there. And so it's a huge relief. It's a huge help to get him assuming right where he's just practicing he's been designated to return he, he also has a three-week window the cardinals will have to activate him to the really 53 man roster right as far as our conversation right? is concerned for, for buda baker it's like a one-day window so so there are still you know some some procedures that have to be done as we're saying you know he's going to be out there in seattle but from what we know about buda baker it seems incredibly likely that we will see him out there it would help especially if jt doesn't play missing the second game and then antonio hamilton who injured his groin in the second half against the rams he was not out at practice during the open portion on wednesday and you losing someone that can play in the slot you get buda then you can put jalen thompson back in the slot and maybe things look a little bit better than they have in that secondary, it has been interesting to see and notice that Keetrell Clark's playing time has dwindled each of the last three weeks. He is still starting outside of that one game in which he didn't start, but his snap count, how many times we see him on the football field. So does that change or is that just because of the nature of the opponent? 
but you went from number two corner to now all of a sudden, yeah, maybe you're a number two, maybe you're number three, just kind of depending who we have available. And if you don't have Antonio, then yeah, you do need to play Keytrail because you really don't have many other options. Well, I, th- I think not to take away from the work Keytrail Clark has put in to become a starter, I think he is just kind of put in this situation based off the personnel. When you're looking at the depth of cornerbacks, we have been talking about that since the offseason, that there really hasn't been much. Truthfully, I think if you had other options, you know, veterans, I think we could be having the same discussion on if Marco Wilson would still be your starter. And that's not to say that they are not good. We've talked about how not every play, not every touchdown has been on those two. But you're you're pretty much rolling with what you've got at this point. And so for a rookie, for Clark... To already have the the challenges you have as a rookie, and then to go out there and 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 starting, and while those are great reps, you don't want to keep getting picked on and making mistakes. And the staff has to make the decision of, okay, who's a liability and who's not. All right, one more thing regarding the secondary, because in addition to everything else that happened on Wednesday, the team did release running back Tony Jones Jr., which opens up a second roster spot. Yeah, I'm going to predict that Garrett Williams plays in Seattle. Okay, so you're exactly what I was thinking. One, Buda Baker returns. That's one roster spot. And Garrett Williams, who still has until next week before you have to make that decision, keep him on NFI or put him on the active roster. Then you can make him inactive if you don't think he's ready. But is this the week that we get Garrett Williams, which could also help Keytrail Clark, and then if you do not have Antonio Hamilton, I do think you see Garrett Williams. And again, I, I don't, I don't know that you see Williams out there as a true corner. I don't, I don't know that he'd come in and start over Clark by any means. Um, I would see him more getting those snaps as slot corner, maybe nickel, kind of depending on now you have Buda Baker. So how does that? change the way you're able to use your other safeties of Andre Sachere, Kayvon Wallace, right? Those players who have been filling in for Baker and Thompson. I would see it more as getting William snaps there to just kind of get a, have him get a feel for this defense and, and play at, at the NFL speed because he hasn't had that opportunity yet in a game. And then I could see down the line, okay, like let, let's move him outside if they think he's ready for that. It has been interesting to note that Williams has been working with the safeties when they do position work. And he's in there with, well, before Jalen Thompson was hurt, he was there with Jalen Thompson. Now today, Wednesday, he was in there with Buda Baker as far as that collection of players before you get into seven-on-seven and teamwork. So interesting to see what they do with Garrett Williams when he does return. And our guess, again, can we be in agreement on this again? Sure. That it's this week for the former Syracuse standard. Sorry, I had to say it at least one, oh, once. There it I, is. That's okay. I had to say it one time. That's okay. Well, and, and the reason that the Cardinals have this roster spot is for waving outside linebacker Maje Sanders. Not not really a surprise. No, I mean, he hadn't been activated. That window practice window had opened up. And by the way, word on Wednesday that the Houston Texans claimed Maje. So depending on if Maje can last as long until November 19th, you can go say hello to my Jay in Houston. I sure can. He he didn't play a snap here this season. He had a thumb injury that happened in preseason training camp time. Um, and so he had a few practices, but he was never activated the 53-man roster. He had a, a week's worth of practice before they decided to waive him. He comes into a crowded room. 
And if the staff likes what they are getting from their current rotation, when you have so many other spots you are having to fill because of injury, cornerback, safety, running back, defensive line, if you don't feel like you're going to get meaningful snaps out of Sanders when you've got six or seven other outside linebackers, this makes the most sense. I also think that there's a chance that whether that is his body type or the way that he was playing, the motor, whatever they were seeing from Sanders, there's a chance that it just didn't mesh with what this staff was looking for. It's very clear this front office, this coaching staff, doesn't have allegiance to players that were drafted here or have been here from previous regimes. I think it's probably a combination of those of you're in a crowded room and maybe just didn't feel like the skill set was enough to really be um, an advantage for this team. Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones... Christian Matthew, Lasita Smith, talking about allegiances to players that you didn't draft, you didn't sign, but what kind of player is Monty looking for, is JG looking for? Yes, talent means a lot, but you put in the work away from the football field. Is there a passion to play this game? Does it eat you up when things don't go well? Are you willing to learn, accept criticism, learn from your mistakes, and move forward. That's the type of player that they're looking for. Talent number one, yes, obviously. But it's also that character, whether you're a captain of your college team or what, but how well you respect the game of football. Yeah, I would imagine that all those factors probably came into play. All right. Another player that maybe doesn't have an allegiance with this coaching staff or front office, but has seen his snap count increase. In fact, this past week, Trey McBride played the most snaps all season. First time someone other than Zach Gertz at tight end played the most snaps in a game, and you had a chance to talk to him earlier for sideline exchange. I did. Trey is so great. He always has a smile, always in a great mood. We talked about how his role is evolving, not just in year two, but mid-season. Right, taking over those snap counts as as the leader each week we have seen more of him. It seems each week that when it is those prime targets to a tight end, they've come from Trey McBride. Seems like he has better chemistry connection with Dobbs. Uh, So we talked about how his role is evolving, um, trying to become more of a complete tight end and the challenge that this coaching staff gave McBride about becoming a better blocker, a run blocker, and how he has learned from veteran Jeff Swaim since Swaim you know, join the team. We also talked a little bit about um, National Tight Ends Day, which is Sunday, and how he's planning on celebrating. National Tight Ends Day. Yes, they had the position group has their. Okay. It's a holiday, apparently. It's so, a holiday. Yes. Do we get off work? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. So hopefully, they all sell all the tight ends celebrate with a touchdown. So that's this Sunday in Seattle. Yes, okay. National Tight Ends Day. National Tight Ends Day. All right, it's good to see. I'm again. This season is all about what you have moving forward and you hope that is Trey McBride in year two because his targets certainly have gone up eight in the past two games compared to seven over the season's first four games so that's a positive speaking of targets I'd like to see Michael Wilson target a little bit more as well even to the point if you have to force it because he does so well in the contested catch game plus we've seen what happens when you do look at number 14 and throw the ball in his direction. It has been interesting the way that it kind of seems like it's off and on with the role that Michael Wilson has. He he has a great game in, in San Francisco, the 33-yard catch to set up his first of two touchdowns, you know, coming up with a big 69-yard catch against 
uh, Bengals, right? My is my, my memory correct on that one? 49 um before the 49ers. Now I can't even Bengals. think. Cowboys? Oh, Cowboys game. Against the Cowboys game. We got there. Um, so Michael Wilson has come up big when his number's been called on him. It's been interesting whether it's the game plan, whether it is how the game is unfolding, what you're seeing from the defense. It's been interesting how it's been kind of hot and cold in in how consistently he has been targeted and, and looked at uh, week after week. Six targets the past two games after he was targeted seven times against the 49ers. I think you want to see you want to see Michael Wilson develop. Maybe maybe potentially can be a number one wide receiver. But right now, be that second option for Josh Dobbs. I'm not saying eleven targets like Hollywood Brown got last week, but look his direction. I know Dobbs when asked about it on Wednesday said sometimes the defensive looks forced him to look elsewhere. Yet at the same time, well, Matthew Stafford finds a way to get Cooper Cup the ball, and the defense always looks to take Cooper Cup away. Joe Burrow looks to Jamar Chase's way, and sometimes you just have to figure out a way to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. I agree with that. I don't agree with comparing Josh Dobbs and Michael Wilson as a duo to Joe Burrow and No, they've been working a lot longer. Those two, as far as Stafford and Cup and Burrow and chase yes they've been working a lot longer together but it just when you have that playmaker don't ignore him and sometimes it's up to you as a quarterback to throw that wide receiver open yeah absolutely I think this is a great opportunity as well when you're looking at the matchups that Michael Wilson can really come alive in this game you got a rookie cornerback who's played very very well and Devin Witherspoon fifth overall pick out of Illinois so that's something to pay attention to on Sunday what we don't have to worry about on Sunday is looking for number one. Because again, let's go full circle here on Cardinals Cover 2. No Kyler Murray this week. That's our unofficial official guess. And then you're going out on a limb saying Baltimore. Okay, I sure am. I wish I wish I would have said that for the first time and seen Darren's reaction live. Baltimore. I'm probably going to be all okay. by myself amongst our group that feels that way. Now look, would I be disappointed if that happens? Of course not. If I'm the only one that's right? Yeah, I, I, I would I would welcome that. Thanks. Again, optimism, realist right here. Realism here. Okay, okay that's, that's fair. Is that fair? We'll see who wins. Okay. Didn't realize Might have to a... have a word with Kyler Murray next time I see him around the building. <laughs> hey, Kyler, can you do me a favor? I need bragging rights. Can you just come back for the Baltimore game? <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. You'd really be pulling through for me. Talk about manifesting something. If that does happen, wow. <laughs> All right. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher, for Danny Sarek, the optimism, the optimist, Danny Sarek. I'm Craig Riolu, the realist, here on Cardinals Cover 2. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals.